Eight o'clock hour on your home of the World Series champs. The rest of the crew is in Surprise, Arizona for one more day, along with our Rangers insider and broadcaster Jared Sandler joining Sean and RJ. Bobby out. Bobby just texted us. Well, I'll save it. Maybe I'll save it for below the belt on the update over him getting sick last night after our dinner at Knife and Plano. Sandman joining us on the DNM leasing hotline. Have you heard some of the uh, some some of this dinner? tipping drama i have not so I'm, I'm a little behind you know oftentimes i listen to the show but i listen on delay on the app uh so i'm a little behind i just started the expressway so whatever peyton's uh, uh ignorance towards <laughs> pop culture that you're about to tie i'm a little behind but i just want to can i clarify something of course I think you guys clarified it early but i just bobby did not get sick because of knife no uh okay i just i just i, I just want to clarify that we love knife uh, especially George Sergios over at Knife and Plano. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and, and, I, I, and 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 just to just to pile on that, Bobby just texted us. He has strep. He went to a doc in the box. He has strep throat. There you go. Okay. With, with, with a temperature. Awesome. Which you you surprisingly you can't get from over eagerly drinking and going a double straw Moscow Mule. Is that even? <laughs> What are we doing there? <laughs> he went with a double. He asked for a second straw. He did not. Did he I, want like a swirly straw too, yeah. like a souvenir straw. <laughs> now I don't think he actually asked, but he did say to me and Peyton, like he, like he wasn't joking. He wanted one, but I was like, you're not. I'm not going to let you order a second straw next to me. I'm not going to let you say that to the yeah, waiter as a man. Uh, but what he did, Jared, is he went and got us six shots from the bar. He told us that. The shots got comped, so he paid the bartender $250 with tip and the shots that, you know, theoretically you usually get charged for. They were $20 shots, six of them. They were 120 bucks. but he did not want to mix that up with the dinner bill. So he went up, and he gave the bartender $250 for some reason. So then when the tab comes, and I'm trying to take care of the tip, Bobby's like, no, 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 no. Like, factor in what I gave to the bartender because they're going to split that. They're going to go ahead and divide that up. Well, I was like, are you sure about that? Like, I needed to get up and clarify with the bartender. He looked at me like I was in, slapped his mother. And he's like, no, we're not going to, we don't split. Like, I get what you give me. He keeps the 250 that your friend gave. So now I'm sitting here on the verge of getting ready to dole out $400 or $450 to a tip at night for a dinner with six people because of Bobby and his stupid tipping ways. That's what happened at the end of the expressway. I guess he must have skipped fifth period at home school where they taught like <laughs> basic restaurant understanding. Yeah. Uh, why would he think like, the, you know, I, and I've never worked at a restaurant, but I know enough people who have the servers might like a percentage might go to the, the front of the house or front of whatever it's called, like the host, but like the bartenders are not going there. Like with monopoly money saying $5 for you, 20 for yeah. you. You do a great job. Bartenders keep dollars. They keep that. They yeah. keep it, man. Uh, isn't that the what you're saying? Tolos are doing. Tolos yeah. are saying like Bart. And, and, you know, That's Sarah, what they're saying the most yeah. in terms of the reaction though. Right. That, Bobby, we, we shouldn't work with him. No, we should not work. People are saying the fan text, Bobby, we need to fire Bobby. We shouldn't work with him. Sarah's beside herself. She goes, bartenders don't tip servers. It's the other way around. Yeah. What you know, are you we doing? The house. Well, you know, it's just yeah. It's wild. So that's what that's what happened uh with 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 Bobby last night. But all right. Well, just let Bobby know. Bobby, if you're listening, uh 
you know, that additional $250 tip that will be reimbursed will directly and very negatively impact our mission to support kids with disabilities. So, uh, first, he would not shave his head for the first. He would not shave his head for the kids. And now this. Yeah, man, what a what an, uh, an antagonist towards just trying to do good things in the community. All he wants to do is drink alcohol. Others out there trying to roll up their sleeves, work hard, and support support the community. <laughs> uh, I can't believe it. I don't know if you heard this yesterday, but by the way, what has been the Rangers clubhouse reaction to Eric Chiafalo this week? Players love him, man. I mean, I, I'm sure I, there are guys who they're very buttoned up and they probably feel they're, they're unsure how to answer some of his questions because they just don't want to put their foot in their mouth. Yeah. But I, I think even those guys, when, when the interview's done, they at least appreciate Eric's demeanor and confidence for, for not being someone who grew up on baseball. And, and it's probably better, right? Because he's not just stiff, like, oh, blah, blah, you know, whatever guy. Yeah. He just, he goes in there with full confidence and he'll, I mean, you guys heard yesterday, I think he, it was Brock Burke, he let off with, do you wear a cup? Like, yeah. <laughs> he just, and I think that the players enjoy it. I think like half of them are like, sorry, sorry, like it, it, when he's interviewing Josh Forth, I think like one half of Josh Forth is like, gosh, I got to make sure not to say anything that's going to, you know, get me in too much trouble. But yeah. then the other half is like, this interview is awesome. I love this. Uh, Eric's great. I, I love, Eric is so much fun. And he goes into that clubhouse and, I think the guys really take to him because he just he's there to have a good time and, and people like that. That's infectious. Spore sounded though a little uncomfortable. He loosened up a little bit, especially at the very end when he and Chiafalo ended with this. Are you pretty out on the idea that Jared Sandler is gonna perform well on, on TV this year? Like the rest of us? Uh, I think he's gonna be fine. Like uh, we, I did a we did a live one and it went pretty well, so I trust his ability. Well, we definitely know who the best liar on the team is. It's Josh Spores, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> champion. Thank you, Sporzy. <laughs> Listen, I, I will tell you, uh, I think KNC tried to do this with Dane Dunning. Uh, I know G-Bag tried to do this last year with Corey Seager. Uh, you, you try to get these guys. I mean, they'll play along, but these guys will get my back too sometimes. Oh. So you better watch out. You they're got a clubhouse gonna, on lock. Yeah, you got yeah. it on lock. Yeah, you do. Yeah, they're, they're going to get my court. I didn't know what, what G-Bag said, but last year, Corey afterwards came up and was like, man, they were trying to get me to say stuff, but they're not in this clubhouse. They're not a part of this or whatever. Like, the, the, I will say, baseball players are they're, – they're, uh, territorial is not the right word, but uh, they take care of their own. And, uh, yeah, so Eric tried to get Josh Spores to throw me under the bus. I, I will say this about Josh Spores. It, it, remember, when they're in the clubhouse, it's super early. Uh, you know, we're not mm-hmm. talking about two in the afternoon. It's – uh, you know, in the seven o'clock hour, sometimes in the eight o'clock hour. Uh, so these guys are tired. They're just getting their coffee in them. Uh, and so I, I, I will say that as a defense for Josh Ford, because he did come up to me afterwards and he, he was curious about some of the bizarre questions that were asked, but he said <laughs> in general, he had a good time. And also remember that they get a lot of guys who they've never seen before show up and ask them, you know, why'd you throw that curveball in this meaningless game and this meaningless situation? And they're yeah. like, "What are you asking me, dude?" So <laughs> I think they like I think they like questions that come from from Eric Chiafalo. Jared Sandler here on the DNM Leasing Hotline. Speaking of the back end uh, of that bull pu- bullpen, uh, we all know that the problems they have had the bad run at the closer position. 
could this could this be the year that finally changes? So it's a great question. Uh, let me let me return this with a question to you guys. You know, the last time the Rangers had the same primary closer for back-to-back seasons, or do you do you remember uh, the name of that closer? Joe Nathan. Joe Nathan in 2012 and 2013. They have think about this. Since Joe Nathan left, they have not had the same closer for consecutive seasons. Now, maybe they've had the incumbent closer start the season as the closer, but his performance did not allow him to continue in that role, right? Uh, So, now, last year they didn't really have one guy, but let's just say they ended the season with Jose LeClerc. Now, Jose, you know, got hit hit around yesterday – not going to read too much into that. It's early spring training. I mean, it, it, it wasn't even March yet. Uh, but that is a question. You know, I don't know that, that Jose LeClerc has, uh, has the job on lockdown if he has a poor spring. We haven't seen David Robertson throw yet. That will happen soon. He's got to be considered. Josh Fors has got to be considered. And if Kirby Yates has a really good spring, then maybe he gets considered as well. Uh, you've got some options, but you'd love for one of those guys to – give you the confidence that, that they can you know, hold that down for the whole year. I just want to bring one thing up with Jose LeClerc, though, because I do know that people last year were, like une- were uneasy about Jose LeClerc. He had a couple of inopportune, inopportunely timed bad performances, but if you go back and look at his numbers, they were really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, oppo- opposing hitters hit under 200 against him. It was the best of his career uh, since like 2017 or something. Jose LeClerc was not bad. It's simply the question of, you know, is he the guy who can hold down the ninth inning? There, there, there shouldn't be any concern that Jose LeClerc can get you three big outs late in the game. The question is, can he consistently do it in the ninth inning? Because we all know uh, that the ninth inning is a different beast. But he did it really well in the postseason outside of the, you know, that, that game five home run he allowed to Jose Altuve. Jared, is it clear, you know, last year was like, you know, let's, let's try to avoid the bullpen as much as we can. Is it clear right now that going into opening day with the injuries that the bullpen is the strength of the pitching staff? Uh, well, that, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, and, and, and with the rotation, I think it's a group that can be, you know, a, a really competitive group. I'm not going to say that, you know, in, in, in the current form without DeGrom, without Scherzer, or without Malley, uh, that it's, it's likely that they're going to be one of the best rotations in baseball, but uh, they still can be a good group. You know, I know Sean's a, a big Dane Dunning guy. Uh, Andrew Heaney in the regular season, he'll have some stinkers, but you know, he, he does a a really nice job. He did a nice job for them last year. John Gray was a borderline all-star last year. He probably didn't get more consideration because the Rangers had so many all-stars. Things started to tail a little bit after that, but leading up to the all-star break, you know, he was just going on this white hot run. Uh, And then of course we, you know, you know what you're going to get from Nathan Avaldi if he's healthy. So it's really not a, a bad group. But I do think they've added depth to their, their bullpen. And I'll tell you, RJ, I, they're, they're always guys or maybe a guy each team each year who steps up and, and plays a big role in the bullpen or becomes a, you know, a relied-upon reliever. Two years ago for the Rangers, that was Brock Burke, right? He had a sub-two mm-hmm. ERA, kind of came out of nowhere. I, I'm really intrigued by the possibility of Mark Church uh, you know, playing a, a, a decent role in this bullpen. And it, it's early in spring training, but – 
Uh, Diego Castillo, who was at one point a, a really good reliever, had a down year last year. His velocity's back. Uh, and I really like Diego Castillo as, you know, uh, one of these minor league uh, contract signings with an invite to big league camp who could make the team and uh, contribute in the bullpen. So I do think that uh, you're right. It, it, it's been a shift. I think the bullpen actually has more depth uh, and is, is better prepared earlier in the season. Uh, I don't think, though, that the rotation is as much of a detriment if the guys stay healthy, we all know that is an incredibly big if. And the real questions with the rotation are not one through five. It's more six, seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine. Who are the guys who are going to step in early uh, if one or two of these guys or, heck, three of these guys go down? Jared Sandler, Rangers Insider, joins us here 105 through the fan. All right, and it's so early. Hitters are probably still getting their eyes down. Pitchers probably don't have their command. When can you start looking at how they're doing and kind of make judgments? It's tough. Everyone's different, right? So the veteran who knows he's going to make the team, Marcus Simeon, uh, you know, he might be working on certain things. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, be uh, concerned if he has a really bad spring. But then there are guys who they clearly are competing for a job. Uh, and maybe you look more into that, but, you know, I, I know with the Rangers winning the world series, there are fans who, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're re-engaging or maybe they're new to really locking in on baseball or the Rangers. So just a few quick things. One, in Arizona, you're not, you're not in a, a, a dome stadium like the Diamondbacks are. You're outdoors. So some pitches don't move nearly as well, especially breaking balls. So it's sometimes tough to judge pitchers. Also, pitchers aren't always pitching as closely to a scouting report. Uh, you'll hear a lot of pitchers say that, they're just trying to get their work in by throwing some pitches, maybe in situations they wouldn't in the regular season. So, you know, they're not, it's not that they're not trying to do what they need to do, but what they need to do is a little different in March than it is when it's the regular season. The other thing is there are countless examples of guys who crush spring training. And then it looks like the Monstars took their talents in the regular season. (laughs) And then there are guys who have awful springs and then they go on and, you know, they have a great regular season. So uh, there's, there's no correlation. Uh, I think there are specific things with guys. uh, You know, if a hitter is just constantly swinging at everything and chasing, probably not a great sign, right? You don't like to see that. If a pitcher's velocity is down, you don't love to see that either. Those are some of the things that, that you know, I, I try to pay attention to uh, because a guy could be white hot with the bat in March, but it just doesn't mean it's going to carry over in April. Uh, obviously, you'd rather these guys perform better than worse, but there's just no guarantees on any of this stuff. I need to give you a minute here to defend your boy because we got the comp. Williams? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even text you the, uh, the preview. Caleb Williams not showing his medicals. Nonstop drama. We text about it. You went to USC. Talk about Caleb Williams and why the Chicago Bears should not be afraid. We, we, in sports, we need discussion, and sometimes we need headlines. And what's, what's happening here is it has been incredibly boring over the last two years because we've known that Caleb Williams will be the first overall pick. So you've got to create something, some sort of chasm, <laughs> to try and, oh, maybe it is going to be Drake May. And I will tell you, uh, Sean, you know I don't always agree with Bobby on certain quarterback things. 
if anyone wants to waste a first round or a top five pick on Jaden uh, Daniels, go right ahead. Uh, you're going to be oh. regretting that immediately. Uh, Caleb Williams is by far and away the best option to be the number one overall pick. People are just looking for silly reasons. And then once Caleb Williams is doing what he's going to do in the NFL, which is perform at a super high level and be a franchise quarterback, we're all going to look back and say, man, why are we so dumb to get uh, distracted by the fact he paints his nails? And the whole thing about being a bad teammate, remember, Caleb Williams flew his entire offensive line to the Heisman Trophy presentation two years ago. Uh, he is not a bad teammate. This idea that he's a bad teammate is kind of bogus. Uh, yes. Is the, the NIL, does the NIL stuff create a little bit of a, a weird dynamic? Sure. But Caleb Williams is not a bad teammate. Anyone who wants to overthink this, be my guest. You're going to look like an idiot when Caleb Williams is making Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Bam! The right. Sandman, Jared Saylor, DNM Leasing Hotline. Thank you for a wonderful dinner, and sorry about the uh, sorry about the Bobby drama. Yeah, it's all right. Sorry about Bobby. It's just like that should be a shirt. Sorry about Bobby. But I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for always being such great supporters of the charity. Thank you, brother. The man, Jared Sandler from Surprise here on your home of the Rangers. Uh, there's still people crapping on the Mavericks trade? Are you kidding me? And RJ is super pumped over a old school movie remake that is next. Uh, Bobby, while throwing up and the 102-degree temperature with strep throat, is not very happy with me with my story that I told during the expressway. He said, this whole daggone situation was misrepresented. The server brought the bill over and his name was on it. And I never wanted any of the cash back. And anyone criticizing me, can I cannot read that. Uh, and I said, none of this justifies you giving the bartender $250. None of it. He said, it was supposed to go to dinner. Server put the drinks on our tab. I mean, he's writing paragraphs. I can't keep up with it. Um, yeah, he's trying to say the server put the drinks on his tab. Right. right with his name on it, but uh, and then he was trying to pull a fast one. But even still, I mean, like the server's gonna tip out the bartender. I, I don't know. It's just it's it's strange. I think the whole thing got confusing, and Bobby got confused. Yeah, and now and now we're equally confused. And now he's sick with a strep throat, and I am confused as to how anyone can still question the trades that the Dallas Mavericks made. And tonight, I am locked in six thirty in Boston. Mavericks, Mavericks, Celtics. Uh, what does it say that the Mavericks are a 10-and-a-half-point underdog? Is that absolute disrespect or just praise for the mass holes? Well, I think a lot of it's praise for Boston. I mean, they're the best team in the league, and they've shown it the entire year. They've got three legitimate guys. Um, nobody, Who else has that? Who else has what they have? I mean, when and this is what we said when, when he was here. Porzingis really needs to be your three. He's like a two-and-a-half, right? He's a two-and-a-half. He's not a one. He's not a two. He's Middleton. Two Porzingis, maybe, if you want to talk about three. Yeah. I'd have to look at Middleton's numbers. Uh, he's been hurt yeah. uh, years past. Well, so is Porzingis. So is Porzingis. I mean, he's been hurt like crazy, too. I mean, I, 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 there's probably a few guys that have been hurt more than him, you know, over the course of the last six, seven years. But, you know, this is a uh, an article I found. And they got a holiday. That's right. They got Drew Holiday. I mean, they're just loaded. So, this is from ESPN, an NBA trade deadline and review. Did your team make the right move? Did Milwaukee address their areas of need? Did the Mavericks leverage themselves too much? Should the Lakers have been more active? Porzingis is averaging 20 there. Tatum, 27. Jalen Brown, 22. 
KP 20. Derek White is actually fourth in scoring at 15 a game, and then Drew Holiday at 13. So these are the three categories you could have been in. Yes, they made the right moves and decisions. They're better now. That's the winners. The losers category is wrong move, wrong decision, and there's TBD, which is still too early to tell. Which ones do the Mavericks finish up in? Too early to tell. Yes is the top one. And what's the middle? Uh, wrong. wrong. Wrong moves, wrong decisions. Yes, they made the right moves and decisions. They're better now. Yeah. Or three, still too early to tell. Yes, they made the right decisions. No brainer. Okay. No brainer. This They are in the uh, category of TBD. Oh, my goodness. Now, by the way, the category of the yes, they made the right moves, the Knicks, the Celtics, Toronto, Clippers, Hornets, Timberwolves, uh, Thunder, Bucks, Heat, Suns. For the deadline? Yeah, Cavs, Grizzlies, Spurs, Nuggets. Some of these teams did nothing. Yeah. And that was the right move for I was them, like, all these right? teams did something? Mavs lead off the maybe they did the right thing category. It's TBD still early to tell. Here's what they say. They landed another complimentary teammate for Luka by nabbing Daniel Gafford, who averaged 10, 8, and 1.5 and blocks through his first six games of the Mavs. His contributions were critical in those first few games as rookie Derek Lively was out. They rolled the dice in getting P.J. Washington, a decent player with size and adequate perimeter, uh, career perimeter shooting numbers. With this in mind, it's no coincidence they won each of their first four contests with those two in the lineup. It could turn out to be a sign of bigger things to come. Still, they need to be incredibly careful in safeguarding players and picks as Luka enters his prime. To get the front court duo, they dealt away Grant Williams, a player they landed, by giving up a first-round pick swap in a sign-and-trade. And Seth Curry, and a 2027 first-round pick. Put another way, they have depleted their war chest in a short amount of time, which is fine for now. But down the road, if the Mavs hit a ceiling and Luka gets antsy, it's a problem. They eventually could look back and realize it spent way too much to attain a pair of players who might ultimately still end up playing behind Lively and Maxi in key moments. And that's, I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. Gafford's minutes okay if you want to make an argument. PJ Washington's slow start, but you know, it, all of us have said that they jumped a level in terms of being a threat. They're and everyone's talking about their depth. You know, uh, like. Yeah, they got they got Gaff- a lot more depth now. Like I get I get I get the point. Like if PJ and Gafford are are backups, yeah, and you traded away a guy that you traded a first round pick swap for, and you also traded away a number one pick, and you traded away Seth Curry. Like that's you you do have you don't have a whole lot of reserves for the future to get better down the road. Yeah, I get that because I guess the NBA teams are always like trying to position themselves for like oh. Let's position ourselves for 2030. Yeah. They always do that weird thing. Like, you know, we're going to we're gonna take on all these contracts because, man, in 2030, we're going to have money to spend. Who commented on this? Who gave their opinion on this? Was it, like, from the different ESPN writers or was it one person? Uh, it was the different writers. Uh, Chris Herring put it all together. He's the senior okay. ESPN. Like, did McMahon comment on this? I did not see McMahon comment right. on this one. I just think it's an uh, – I mean, to me, it's an absolute no-brainer. They're better. Like, I think it was uh, – I, I think maybe – okay, maybe they're not home-run moves – uh, but, uh, you know, it feels like a triple to me. Tell me if I'm wrong, y'all. 877-881-1053. Trevor.com text line. Now, it does feel funny saying this when they're seventh in the West. 
<laughs> they're still sitting here flirting with a play-in situation, but they are, you know, a game, game and a half out of the five spot with the Suns. Here's the West. Minnesota's up by a game on the Thunder. Denver is one and a half back in third. The Clippers are four. Phoenix is five. They're a half game up on the Pelicans. The Pelicans are a half game up on us. We are a half game up on Sacramento. So it is loaded between five and eight. Then you have the Lakers at nine and the Warriors at ten. I I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with the with the move. So much so that I wish I knew more about Gafford and Washington. Because the truth is I didn't. I'm like, I'm not watching the freaking Washington Wizards. I'm just I'm just not. So I wasn't that familiar with Gafford's game. Uh, and again, PJ Washington, his his slower start, even though he had his best game the other night, and then Gafford's kind of minutes up and down a little bit, getting some people uh, criticizing Jason Kidd. I guess that would be the only justification for TBD, but I got to give Nico his props. That's my opinion. Uh, but ESPN just saying, wait and see. 877-881-1053 is the truckwreck.com text sign to hit us up here on the fan. All right, you are very excited about a movie redo that's coming back. Man, I am very excited about this one. The Naked Gun. The Naked Gun. Peyton, have you seen it? I have not. Baseball movie, though, right? Yes. Well, that is a baseball movie. I've not seen it. That is a baseball movie. Well, we did talk about this last oh, night. Oh, come on, Sean. We God. talked about this a little bit <laughs> last night, so yeah. that's how he got the reference. Uh, yeah. There's no way. Now, listen, the, the, the Naked Gun is the series, The Naked Gun, is, is one of my all-time favorite comedic series, period. It is a tremendous movie. I, I think from a jokes-per-minute standpoint, it might be number one. Ooh. This from just the amount of jokes per minute. The volume of comedy in this. Now, is there a theme he should be playing to this? Is there a naked gun theme? I can't remember. Uh yeah, it would be the files for the police squad music, I think they would they used. But I don't remember there being like this specific theme. But I mean, yes. That's when you work your fingers and type to see. Yeah. Whether you should find a naked gun, naked gun music, he, naked he, gun files with the police. I've been squad watching music. him. I've been watching him this hour. I think the last night's hitting him now. It's hitting him. I think is. I think he's slowly fading yeah. a little bit. He looks like he looks like he's hurting. Yeah. Is that true? Are you hurting a little bit? No, I don't think so. Okay. I, I mean, after you know what, four or five drinks, I think I'm fine. Okay. You're, you're not like us. You're just, we're just built differently. What? We have tiger blood. We don't. We, I mean, you're, I know you're 25 years old. Minutes, guys. You're taking four hour naps during the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you. We're, your constitution is, uh, we, is we, we really, we, I mean, we have raised our game this morning. I thought I was going to be hurting a lot more. I woke up at 3 a.m. You messed up your REM sleep. Uh, but, you know, this is what this is what champions do. Yeah, this is what they do. This, this, this is how champions are made. Play yeah. like a champ, you know, radio like a champion today. Yeah. That's what we're going to do here. Um, Liam Neeson, who is, there you go. There we go. Turn it up. Good job. Liam Neeson, who, Apparently is a badass. I, I, I never thought of that when I thought of Liam Neeson 30 years ago, but all these Taken movies, he's just become this oh, yeah. like super ab- just monster. He is going to reboot the new Naked Gun series, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it's also going to be uh, included direct uh, with Seth MacFarlane, who is, of course, uh, the Family Guy guy, um, and then a few other people. But... The office star Ed Helms uh, was previously trying to reboot this. I think he's supposed to be a part of this as well. 
But they're saying it's going to be in theaters in July of next year. I cannot wait. Please, I ask one thing. Go to an AMC to watch it? Please. I ask two things. Okay. One go to the... <laughs> Bring OJ back for this. Oh, my God. You're going to say this at the end of the segment? He was in the original? You're going to say this at the end of the Bring OJ He played back. Nordberg valiantly. <laughs> oh, my God. Fantastic. Oh, my. Bring OJ. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. This there is, you go. It was such a great movie. If you have not seen The Naked Gun, forget two and a half, forget 33 and a third. Those are good, too. If you've not seen The Naked Gun, do yourself a favor. Check it out. It's fantastic. RJ takes over below the belt. He supports the Eagles getting the ruling in their favor. And anyone want Zach Wilson as a backup around here? Below the... Well, we need to rename this. What can we rename it? With something RJ chop related? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Choppy's belt. What? Choppy's belt. That's That's terrible. That's fantastic. Awful. That's next. RJ Choppy here. I'm back, baby. You ruined the morning show. Don't make me take off my belt. Don't make me no, take off no, my belt. We're not. Oh, well, here we go on the choppy block. That's what Nathan, Tolo Nathan, who I absolutely love listening in Arizona, said it's got to be the chop block. Shout out Nate Dog in Arizona. Nice. Very nice. Okay. Do does, that's not really how I start a sentence, do oh, the NFL. Lord. Does the NFL have it in for the Dallas Cowboys? What do I mean by that? It sounds like they have already decided that the tush push is here to stay. Troy Vincent, uh, according to Pro Football Talk, uh, he is the executive vice president of football operations, recently downplayed the possibility of the tush push being banned. While saying the league has harnessed a philosophy rooted in common sense, quote, don't punish a team that strategically does it well. He says the competition committee didn't even address the play during a recent meeting at the Combine. Mm. And while he said teams will get a chance to raise the issue in another gathering scheduled at the end of March, it appears the momentum that picked up midway through the previous season has finally fizzled out. And another way of saying it is cooler heads have prevailed. You and Eric Chiafalo, the Italians, loving the Eagles. Def- well, we do support that Sirianni has the Italian flag on the side of his hat. Does he? Yeah, he wears, he wears that Eagles visor, which I hate visors. I think all men wearing visors, big problem. Okay, nobody wants to see the top of your head. Yeah. Uh, but he does have that Italian flag on the side. It's Look, my, cool. my, my problem with this, I'm not trying to be a whiny little cowboy follower. I'm not trying to... Have sour grapes. I just hate when it's not a QB sneak. You, uh, uh, USC, back to the liner play. I, I don't like two or three people sitting there lining up in back of the quarterback and shoving them in. It says this is not tug of war. It should be a QB sneak. I would love for them to make the rule. If you make contact with the quarterback in the back, it's a penalty. It's not football yep. to me. You QB sneak it. Fine. If Jalen Hurts squats more and Jason Kelsey gets lower, that's fine. I just don't want people sitting there ramming into the back two, three yards, and it becomes a tug of war. That, to me, is not football. That That's 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 pulling a rope. Well, that's I, me. I, I understand that. The problem they're going to run into, and this is like a lot of times you'll see like. Because uh... that's not the individual player using his strength 
and his ability. It's like how many how many people can I have? How many three yeah. hundred pounders can I have shoving him from behind? So yeah, and, and a lot of, you'll see this like with uh, with politics, right? There's a bill that they're trying to pass. Oh, they want to give free school lunches out to everybody. Everybody seems like it's a great bill, but in the bill, it's like well, also comes with this. There's going to be this allocated to that. It's like oh, oh well, we don't want to do that. So you, you you vote no, and everybody's like, what? You're not for you're not for free school lunches. The problem if you if you outlaw this. Because of the push from behind. Then when a running back goes through the line of scrimmage and he gets to the goal line and the offensive lineman comes and pushes him from behind, which the Cowboys did a lot this year, you're going to have to outlaw that too. Yeah. And I don't think they want to do that. Because then it's like, all right, that's a penalty. What happens if you just kind of run into the guy? And right. you know, so I, I think that's part of the bigger issue. Because I understand it's a safety issue. It can't be safe for them to push him through the line and have everybody roll up on top of him. Shoot, the Chiefs won't even QB sneak. I think the last time they QB sneaked was 2019. I don't think they've done one. Really? Because of the, ever since Mahomes got hurt in that Denver game. Yeah. And he missed like three not three weeks. Um, you know, but like also, if it's an unfair advantage, I mean, every team can do this. Like, figure out a way to do it as well as they do or better, and maybe that will stop it. I mean, I don't know. All right, next one. The Jets. The Jets. For a team that stinks, they're in the news an awful lot. Man, it seems like a circus always. It is. Why doesn't Woody Johnson get destroyed like Jerry Jones or Dan Snyder? Why doesn't he ever get called out? Because he seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe because he stays out of it. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Now, look, the Jets have... This is the sad part. The Jets have made three AFC Championship games since the Cowboys last went went to an NFC Championship game. Go, go, go think of that. You want to be depressed? Wow. The Jets have gone to three AFC Championship games since the Cowboys last went to one. That is depressing. <laughs> um, but the Jets have given the okay for Zach Wilson to seek a trade. Who is going to line up <laughs> and take this kid as a backup? Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, think of it. You'd rather have Cooper Rush than Zach Wilson. Oh, thousand percent. Without hesitation. We've seen enough. Yeah, because you want stability from your backup. There is, I mean, he is anything but stable. You can't count on him. He's on a rock. This kid's going to be even worse as a backup than as a starter. Like, there's no pressure. There's no pressure to act a certain way as a backup. Why, yeah, why would he be worse? Because he, like, as a starter, at least he has the fear of the expectation of being a starter. I've got to act a certain way. Do, with this... I mean, you want to, what is the best job in sports? The backup quarterback. Yeah. You have no pressure. You have no expectations. You show up to your team meeting at 8 a.m. You take three reps in practice, and you go home. Like, there is nothing. like that. That, And I can't imagine a team lets him start. I wouldn't think so. He'll that, never they, start. No, but now someone's going to sign him because he does have, like, the upside of talent, and it's like, well, maybe we can fix it. Well, maybe it was the Jets. Dude, I can't take that kid as a backup. I mean, you want to talk. You want your backup to be not seen and not heard. Uh, I don't think he is going to be seen or heard. He seems likable to me. I liked him after the hard knocks. Yeah. He wanted to learn from Aaron. He wanted to soak it up. Doesn't seem like he's got that ego anymore. I'm rooting for him. Um, I mean, he... If he can't be a backup, he can't be in the league because he's definitely not going to be a starter. I don't even know if Russell Wilson is going to start. So I know 
A thousand million percent Zach Wilson's not going to start, but I know no one's going to trade for him either. No. What are you going to give seventh? Yeah. Go for the second pick in the draft to, a, to not even get a seventh rounder out of him? Right. Seems, uh, seems a bit low. All right. All right. This is drama. McCall Hardman. Guys, this was, this was wild here. So, McCall Hardman was on a podcast here uh, with, uh, was it Chan, with Crowder. Pivot. The Pivot Podcast. Yes, the Pivot Podcast. And they asked him, what went wrong during your time with the Jets? And he left left nothing for the imagination. What went wrong with the Jets? They trade you. What went wrong there? Y'all treat certain guys that shouldn't be treated like they should be treated. And I just feel like it's not an established coaching staff there as well. Like, you just got a new coaching staff that came in. It's no standard. There, it's like everybody do what they want to do, and defense have a more of a stabilized standard with oh. that with the coaching staff on that side. So you could tell the defense got a standard, but the offense is just like, all right, we'll just figure it out. It's Aaron show. Mm-hmm. Let Aaron do what Aaron do. You know what I mean? But then when Aaron go down, it's like we don't know what to do. But this is like the same coach staff that just was out of a job the previous year and average get a new job. All right, so he continued on. And he started like not he wouldn't call people's name out, but he basically said anybody but Garrett Wilson, who's like the truth, he was I'm better than everybody else. I'm better than this guy. <laughs> I'm better than you. I know I'm better than you. And he keeps going, better than this guy, better than that guy. And they just didn't give him any run. Well, that's Jets- also a call out there to I mean, it feels like Nathaniel Hackett should not be employed in the National Football mm-hmm. League. It feels like Nathaniel Hackett, um, you know, he is on Aaron Rodgers' leash. Yeah. That's what it is. And if He's saying there's no order over there. It's just like, turn it over to Aaron. And there's not going to be any coaching. And when Aaron went down, the whole yeah. thing collapsed. He also said that there are, were different rules for different players with the Jets and with the Chiefs that's not happening. He said, if Patrick Mahomes comes out on the practice field with the wrong shoes on, he goes back in and changes them. Ooh. There are no different rules for Patrick Mahomes. Good. Patrick Mahomes follows the same rules as everybody else. They don't give him preferential treatment. He was trying to bring that same thing to the Jets. That was kind of a shot at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Right? Um, so this escalated a little bit when he said this, and now Sauce Gardner decides to tweet and then delete. We ain't going to talk about how our offensive game plan got leaked versus the Eagles, though. Oh, what? He wasn't the only one. Kenny Yeboa? Yeboa? He's tripping. He ain't talking about his own work ethic and how the Georgia Eagles got our game plan. <laughs> and everybody on the Jets is saying that McCall Harbour was so disgruntled, and he's from Georgia, he went to Georgia, that he leaked the Jets game plan to his former collegiate teammates. Wow. Who, obviously, in the NFL, they called them the Georgia Eagles. Even the punter went after him. Thomas Morstead. Be care on Twitter. Be careful getting information from disgruntled former employees. Getting beat out by a rookie free agent after being guaranteed millions of dollars is tough to deal with. Entitlement is a killer of opportunity. You have to earn it every year. Wow. When the punter starts throwing shade, <laughs> it's time to go away. It's time to stop talking. He may uh, he got the last laugh because he cut the Super Bowl game winning touchdown. He's happy. He's back in KC. Great. Good for him. It obviously didn't work out there, but 
More Man. shots were fired at the Jets as well because this Bills offensive lineman. Oh, Deion Dawkins. Deion Dawkins on Vlad TV going after Michael Clements. I guess they you know, they they scuffled during the they year. They scuffled during the year, so there's beef. And Dion, the big man, shirtless. I hope you don't have this on the fan cam, right? You don't need to. Oh, put it up there. No, don't do it, man. This is this is some Bills Jets drama. You get into it with the Jets. Yeah. What happened? Weirdos being weird. <laughs> Weirdos being weird. You know, I don't even want to get a man no credit talking about him, you know. But number 72, Michael Clements. Michael Clements. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Um, <laughs> boy. You know, I'm going to just keep it a buck. I hate them. All of them, bro. They are all some, like, when it comes to sports, right, there's people that play the sport because they love the sport. And then there's people that play the sport just to try to be cool. I feel like they play the sport to try to be cool. Like, those are a bunch of dudes that just want to take pictures on Instagram. <laughs> like, that's whack. Like, I play this because I'll die by it. Inject it right into my veins. Wow. Some old school sports hatred. Yeah, it is. Please do. Now Micah's sitting down asking Jordan Love, how'd y'all kick our ass? Explain. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm joking with that. I didn't really have a problem. Like, explain the game plan. Although, a lot of Cowboy fans did. So, there it is. What do we call this? The chop block? The chop, yeah, the choppy block, the mm-hmm. chopping block, mm-hmm. one of those two. Okay, it's kind of cool. All right, we'll uh, we'll do it on Monday as well, unless Bobby tries to make his return after skipping the combine in Indianapolis. We got a little special guest in studio to talk about the rookie star in DFW and a big time trade that hopefully brings another championship. That's next final hour of the week on Sean and RJ, right here on the fan. 